0: Um, so when I was younger, probably when I was about 10 or so, me and my sister used to try and figure out this whole like, life and death and life after death and you know all that kind of thing. And um, bearing in mind we'd never been to church, we'd never read the Bible, we were very much just sort of making it up, not with any basis of anything. And so what we came up with, and genuinely this is what we believed for quite a long time, was um, that in heaven, there is a queue, I'm, I'm doing it like this as if heaven's just here, there's a queue of souls in a nice, neat line, and when a baby is born, then the soul that's at the front of the queue jumps down and goes into that baby, and then, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, I know, and then when you die, your soul goes to the back of the queue, and <laughs> and waits nicely until it gets to the front of the key again and you just go round and round (laughs) like this. We lived in a really small town. I didn't know how big the world was. (laughs) Um, My dad, on the other hand, um, genuinely still believes that we are all aliens and that um, humans uh, landed on Earth from another planet many, many years ago. And so our ancestors are out there somewhere waiting to be discovered. My mum is really into kind of horoscopes and tarot and auras. She often talks about her aura and things like that. And I kind of grew up in that environment and was a bit into it and, uh, you know, kind of accepted a bit a bit of that kind of way of thinking. Um, I quite like the mystery of it, you know, the mystery of that there could be a, a force on our lives that we didn't understand. So when I first went to church at university, age 19, And when I first heard about God for the first time, um, it wasn't God the Father that I connected with, and it wasn't Jesus the person that drew me in. It was the Holy Spirit that really made sense to me. The idea that there could be this kind of this that God's spirit could be in us, it could be out there and in us, that it could change us kind of from the inside was something that just made sense to me. But I know that might not be true for everyone here. I know that for some of you, the idea of the Holy Spirit might be a bit weird or a bit kind of hocus-pocus, the idea that something can be out there and in here and working in us and working through us. Um, it might be a bit scary or a bit uncomfortable. And so I hope that today and over the next couple of weeks, we get to hear more about the Holy Spirit, connect more with him, but also step out a little bit and maybe experience more of the holy spirit in our lives so a few months ago Aaron drew this picture of our family Aaron's my uh, six-year-old there it is genuinely didn't ask him to do it he just did it um just want to point out a few things look how big I am compared to Luke (laughs) lol couldn't spell my name um and then Aaron's in yellow, i don't yeah, you can see it. he's glowing, he's made himself glow, and he's made himself significantly taller than Morgan um in the middle there we've got Joey, the sausage dog, and then um we've got this kind of scribble um I think if we just go to the next slide, then it's a bit bigger um now. You might think this is a mistake, but actually, Aaron drew the Holy Spirit in our family. And this is what he drew, this kind of messy, chaotic, kind of colourful, crazy thing in the middle of our family. And I don't think he's that far away from it, right, because the Holy Spirit is kind of messy and chaotic and colourful and hard to pin down and a little bit all over the place. And that's what we see in the bible like jesus isn't tame and jesus is the same spirit he's the same person jesus isn't tame he's described as being like a lion and the holy spirit is also not tame the celtics the early christians in the uk um, called the holy spirit a wild goose he's a bit of a mystery yet he lives in us And so some churches are all about the Bible, all about the word, all about scriptures. And then some churches are all about the spirit, all about healing, all about prophetic, all about, you know, speaking that. And we believe as a church that you have to have both, that you can't have one without the other. It doesn't work. David Watson, who was a vicar in York many years ago, said this amazing phrase, too much word and you dry up. Too much spirit and you blow up, and a mixture of both and you grow up. So that's why I hope that we get over the next few weeks a balance of both, a balance of scripture and spirit, so that we can all grow together. We want to be strong in scripture and strong in the spirit. So I wonder do we still view Yahweh as being out there, even after our series on God has a name? Do we still view Yahweh as out there? Do we are we connecting with the idea that he is in us? The Holy Spirit is Yahweh in us. And so that means the context is different because we're all made differently. We're all made amazingly. And and, and so when the Holy Spirit is working in us, we all, he has a different context to work in. We've got different desires and different passions. And God's Spirit is working in that context. So today, I want to just highlight a few different aspects of the Holy Spirit. I'm definitely not going to cover anything. I kind of consider the Holy Spirit like my best friend. And if I asked you to do like a 20 minute talk on why your best friend is your best friend, where would you start, right? You'd be like, um, just because they're great, they're funny. There's just so many reasons. Or why did you marry the person you married? There's so many reasons. And that is the same with the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that I could say today, but I really just wanted to pull out a few things that I know to be true, but definitely not going to cover everything. And this might be the first time you've heard some of this, or it might be something you've known for a long time, but hopefully we can all be open to saying yes together today. Okay, so the first point, um, the first aspect of the Holy Spirit that I want to highlight is the presence, that the Holy Spirit is a presence. In John 14, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. So God's Spirit has always been present. This isn't a new thing. This isn't a New Testament thing. This isn't a post-Jesus thing. Actually, God has always promised his presence to his people. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in a room or in a person. And the first mention of the Holy Spirit is way back in Genesis, right at the start. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, waiting to create and then we see him bring strength to Samuel in Judges. Prophecy to Isaiah and Jeremiah and many others. We see him bring wisdom to Solomon in First Kings. God's presence would show up in the Old Testament as fire, as clouds, as a whisper, as a shout. It's always been there. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was about spaces. So... Um, Like in the temple, there was a holy of holies. There was this space in the temple that was curtained off, and that was where the Spirit of God was. It was in that space, and only the most important, the most clean people could get there. Or the presence of God would be given to someone for a certain time, and it would be in that person, but it wasn't accessible to everyone. And then Jesus rewrites the way that the Holy Spirit interacts with us. Jesus said, you have met God because of me. Yahweh is now knowable because of me. But when I leave, I don't really leave. I will send my presence so that even though I'm not physically here, I'll be with you forever. And that's what's different. Last week we celebrated Pentecost. And that's what we were celebrating, a new way of accessing the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus died, remember the cloth in the temple, the cloth that blocked off the Holy of Holies, actually ripped, actually tore down. And now God's Spirit is accessible to everyone. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God, the presence of Yahweh. The same Spirit that was in Jesus is in us today. And if that's all there was, I think that would be enough. Like if we stopped here and just try to accept that, that would be enough. A few weeks ago, I was um, at work and I I just went for a walk down to the little Tesco in town to get some lunch. And as I walked down, I thought, I'm just going to pray as I walk, trying to just kind of increase my prayer life, not very good at remembering to do it. So I was like, right, just pray for five minutes now. And I started praying for a friend of mine. And, um, and then I kind of felt God nudged me to phone her. So I gave her a call and I said, um, just praying for you. Is there anything specific? And she said, yeah, I've had some bad news, actually. Could you pray for that? So um, carried on walking, was praying. And then when I got to Tesco, there was um, a homeless guy outside um, with his dog. Now, quite often, I would walk past A homeless person I probably walk past this guy most days and don't acknowledge him but before I knew it I said oh hey there do you need anything from the shop and he was like oh no I'm okay but some change would be good so I went in bought my lunch and then I came out and I gave him his change now again that's a little bit unusual for me I don't usually give money to homeless people I usually buy them something so then we got into a chat and I was like interacting with his dog and chatting about my dog, and we had a really nice conversation. And then he said, "Oh, I've got loads of treats. People give me treats for the dog all the time. So he gave me a packet of treats for my dog. And I walked back to work and I was like, I don't really know what just happened then. It was like an out of body experience. <laughs> I don't normally do that kind of thing. When I tracked it back, I thought it all started with just praying, and I just pre- just opening myself up to what the spirit is doing. And from that willingness to pray as I walked through town, there was a nudge to pray for a friend. There was a nudge to phone her. Then there was this interaction with this guy. This I don't know if that blessed his day, but I was blessed because I ended up with a packet of treats for Joey. But wouldn't it be amazing if that was what was in our life more? You know, like, that was two weeks ago. That was, that's my best story from the last month. Wouldn't it be amazing if that was our story every day? This happened today. This is what the Holy Spirit did today. This is where I was nudged to. I was going here, but I ended up going here and this happened instead. Don't we want more of that in our lives? Wouldn't our city look different if that's what just us were doing, let alone this network of Christians that we're a part of? Okay, the Holy Spirit is also truth. In John 14 it says, that when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. God, the Holy Spirit, brings truth. If we do a Google search for images about truth, we will inevitably get pictures of the Bible. And that's to be expected. That's good, right? That we kind of believe what's true in the Bible, don't we? But, you know, that isn't totally right. Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He didn't hold a Bible up and say, this is the truth. He didn't have a Bible. They hadn't been made yet. He held up himself, and he said, I am the truth. The truth is presence. The truth is a spirit. The truth is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the person and presence of God, and that is truth. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, you can only do that because of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that it's by the Spirit of God that you're able to call God your Father and you're able to testify that Jesus is the Son of God who saves us. It's only by the Holy Spirit I can say those words. So the Spirit brings truth to all situations. A few years ago, a friend phoned me at work in tears. And she said to me, I've just found out that my husband's been having an affair. So we chatted it through and it turns out it had been going on for a few months and she'd suspected something. She'd started to see some signs. She was trying to ignore it. She was hoping it would be okay. But the day came and she asked him, what's going on? What aren't you telling me? And he said, nothing. There's nothing to tell you. And she's not someone that normally prays, but in that moment she prayed that the truth would come out. She prayed that God would reveal the truth. And within a few minutes her husband told her the truth about what had been going on. Now, thankfully, they're they're still married, um, they've survived it, but what what was amazing was that it was the Holy Spirit that revealed the truth in the moment, when it needed to come out, when the lie needed to be named, so that they could then work through it and change how they were were operating, how they were behaving. And having the Holy Spirit in us means that we can speak out the truth into other people and into situations. So that might be that I'm chatting with a friend and she's telling me that she thinks she's a rubbish mum and I can speak truth and I can speak life into that and I can help her to see all the things she does that's amazing. Or it might be that I meet up with a friend who's um, dating someone and this person doesn't encourage him in his faith and I can speak truth into that and I can say, I don't know if you can have a relationship with... Um, with God and a relationship with someone that doesn't help you to follow God it might be that I meet someone that's grieving the death of someone in their family and I can just speak truth that Jesus wept with them that they're loved by the heavenly father the holy spirit is truth the holy spirit allows us to be truth to other people and speak it the Holy Spirit is also adoption. And this is one of the biggest things for me when I first became a Christian. Having not grown up in a, a Christian home or had any faith. When I first heard about God, I believed in him pretty quickly. And I remember a few weeks later, um, some of my friends in my small group said to me, well, you know, what's it like having just discovered God for the first time? And I said, I feel like I just found out I was adopted Now, I don't actually know what that's like to be adopted, because I'm not, but I'd watched lots of Home and Away and Neighbours, and so (laughs) I had a pretty good idea. But in all seriousness, all my life I'd known I had a mum and a dad and a brother and a sister and a nana and a granddad, and that was my family. And then suddenly I'm finding out I've got another father in heaven, a father that was there when I was created in my mother's womb, a father that had been watching over me my whole life it suddenly occurred to me that when I was eight, I was in a really serious car accident and I was on life support machine for three days. And that whole three days, my, my primary school had been praying for me every day, praying for me that I would wake up. And miraculously, I did and there was no long-term damage. And obviously, I'd known that story since I was eight. But then suddenly, I was like, oh my gosh, was that you? Were you there? Did you answer the prayers? Did you actually hear the cries of my school friends and heal me even though doctors told my parents I probably wasn't going to wake up. I was like I can't believe I've got this father in heaven that I didn't know about and if you've been a Christian all your life you might not have had that same realization or even if you came to faith later you might not have realized that you are adopted into this family. In Romans 8 it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I love in this passage, it says, does not make you slaves, but rather the Spirit brought about your adoption to sonship. What a stark contrast between slaves and sons. Slaves are essentially possessions to be bought and sold with the same emotion of a fridge freezer. But children are loved and accepted and welcomed. And so we are adopted into this family by the spirit. And just like in your own family, you share DNA, with the people who are in your biological family. You share the Holy Spirit with these people in this room. This is your family through the Holy Spirit. And in this family, you have everything you ever need. We're free from fear, we're free from anything that makes us slaves. We're free from money, from power, comparison, self-hate, addiction, We are no longer slaves, but we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit also brings transformation. In 2 Corinthians, it says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So just a little bit of context here. This is referring back to the time of Moses. So when Moses spoke to God, and remember he spoke to a God in a way that nobody else did. He had this really intimate kind of face-to-face interaction with God. He was able to sit in the presence of God and chat to him like a friend. When he came down the mountain after speaking to God, everybody else freaked out because his face was actually glowing it was shining it was dazzling he'd come so close to the holiness of God that some of it had kind of rubbed off on him and everyone else was like that is freaky cover your face up and so he had to wear a veil and so when it says we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory it's talking about that time Moses had to keep putting a veil on so that people weren't freaked out by the glory of God. But we have unveiled faces. We don't have to cover our faces. We don't have to hide that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Instead, we can just unashamedly shine out this Spirit of God. We don't have to cover it and just let it out, let it shine. I honestly don't think that we realize the power we have in the Holy Spirit I think sometimes we act as if our faces are still veiled. I don't think we realize that our face is unveiled and that God is shining out of us. And as we come into into contact with the Holy Spirit, we find that God can transform us. We are being made more and more like God every day. Now, Let's be clear, there is a certain amount of effort we can put into this process. Part of discipleship is striving to be more like Jesus, making decisions to be more like Jesus, to be holy and pleasing to him. But we can't do it by our efforts alone. Has anyone managed it in their own willpower to just be good enough? But God's spirit will transform us. I just want to take a moment to watch a video now of Shane's story, it's only a few minutes long.
1: I got in with the wrong crowd and I started to um, pinch cars, burglar houses, they uh, become known, me and my friends become known as very high profile thieves really. I used to carry big knives, uh, the, the big knives to the smaller knives down my waist and I was the kind of person where if you pulled a knife out I would use it. I ended up stabbing someone in the head. I ended up um, st- stabbing someone just missing his heart and going through the top, of his shoulder, uh, the, the top of his chest and his shoulder way. He dropped to the floor. and So I was on the run for two attempted murders. And then I was just, when I went to prison, I had such a hatred for the system. And I couldn't handle being told what to do, couldn't handle prison officers m- mucking me about. When I went out on association I got to prison officer and I, uh, I stabbed them. And then this led to me going into maximum security prisons, being put on CSC, to where they feed you through a hatch in the door. There's no physical contact, so they have to have ride shields and ride gear on. Um, and that was my life for a long, long time, basically. And I, I just was going from prison to prison, prison to prison. But then I ended up going to Long Larton, Worcestershire. And when I was in there, I ended up going in on Alpha course never heard of an Alpha course, didn't know anything. And I just remember walking in, because they'd sent me down, I sat down on a chair, and I thought, oh no, it's a Christian thing. And we'd just go there every week, and I would argue. And the pastor, um, I remember he came come to me, he said, right, I'm gonna say a few scriptures first, before we pray. And one of them was, no one's righteous, not one, we all fall short of the glory of God. And then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff. And then he said, pray. So I started praying and I said, "Uh, God, I said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And Nothing happened, but then as I was talking to the pastor, I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach and it started to raise up, raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up and I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears and I just sobbed <clears throat> and I just right there because that was a change in my whole life I knew God was real um and no one will change that now and then i remember <laughs> running on the wing people clearly knew that i would become a christian so i actually helped them on another two alpha courses and then i, I, um, I got released i've been in a prison where i because st- you would have thought that the prison where i stopped the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me but they were the first that's how God works the best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison and, and trying to tell them about God. I've got um, four kids and then my life. Um, and what upsets me is because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, uh, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with their dad. Um, <clears throat> have Bible studies with their dad. Have a life, the beautiful um and my life, and is, probably is my wife and my kids are the best gift, that, apart from the grace God's given me, is the best gift I've ever, he'll ever give me. Didn't expect to cry like that. Recovered now.
0: <laughs> I was going to um, try and explain his story, and then I thought, I can't do it, it's- as well as he can. He spoke here at Birnholm a few years ago when we first used to meet here, and um, it's an amazing transformation. And I just can't help but look at that and go, wow, if the Holy Spirit can do that in someone living such an extreme life, then what can he do in us? What can he do in us? I don't think anyone here is living a life anywhere close to that, thankfully. But the Holy Spirit totally transformed in one moment, in one scripture. And I know it doesn't always happen like that. And I know there'll be people here that have been praying for something for a long, 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 long time. And let's keep praying. But let's keep believing that the Holy Spirit can totally transform us. So finally, I just want to touch on the fact that it is the Spirit of God who prophesies. God speaks today to encourage us And although it might be our voice that delivers prophetic words, it is only and always the Holy Spirit. So in 2 Peter it says, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through humans spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So in two weeks' time, Dan is going to be speaking to us about the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is going to include the gift of prophecy. But I feel like it's such an important part of who the Holy Spirit is, the person of the Holy Spirit, that I really wanted to include it today. And it absolutely blows me away that we've got a God that speaks to us today on a really personal level through the Spirit of God in us. Now, not everyone will have heard his audible voice, or not everyone will have got a picture from him, but I do believe that God speaks to all of us and guides us in different ways, even when we don't necessarily know it. We can talk to the Spirit of God, and he talks back to us. A couple of years ago, I had a message from my friend Claire, who was um, living in America at the time with her husband and four kids, and she just said, can you pray for us? Can you ask God if there's anything he wants to say? Um, So... It was actually a couple of weeks later when I remembered that I needed to do this. So I sat down. I was like, God, give me something quick. Um, And I had no idea what their context was, no idea what was going on. She hadn't told me so that I could genuinely listen to what God was saying. And I closed my eyes, and I had a very, very clear vision of Claire and Steve and two of their four children walking down a street. And as they walked down the street, it was pitch black, streetlights, came on and lit up just a little bit of the street and then they walked a bit further and a little bit more lit up and they walked down the street and eventually uh, as it all got lit up at the very end there was a house and it was one of those like classic all-american houses with a porch and bikes out the front and a big front garden and a huge tree and a rope swing and so I wrote all this down and sent it off to Claire. And apologize for forgetting to pray for her. And um, the next day she texted me and she said, you cannot believe how accurate this is. And they had just that day got back from visiting England, from visiting down south. And they had come with only two of their four children. And they were praying about whether to move back to the UK. And they'd walked around this area where they thought that God might be sort of nudging them to come and live. And they'd walked along the street. And like as they'd walked, they'd kind of had this increasing impression that this was the right place and at the very end of the street was this house this huge house with a porch and two bikes in front and a massive tree and a rope swing and it was exactly as I described it and how incredible is that that God can give me a picture of what they're going through to encourage them I'm not saying this because I did well that was totally God that gave me this picture so that we can encourage other people And um, similarly, a few weeks ago, our very own Jamie had his first ever picture from God. It was one a Saturday afternoon, and he had a picture of this hall burn home with a communion table down the middle of it, with a communion feast down the middle of it. And the next day he walked into G2, and there it was, the table that he'd seen just the day before. And that story is totally different to the one of me praying for my friend Claire, because it wasn't to guide at all. This was, you know, my story was one of God saying, yes, do this, this is what I'm calling you to. And I think this was a beautiful story of God just revealing himself to Jamie to encourage him, and also to encourage Liz, who had had the idea for the communion table, to encourage Liz that, yes, you're doing the right thing, you're doing a great job, off you go. God doesn't just give us these stories to these um words to to guide us but sometimes just to say I'm with you to encourage us. So the five areas the five kind of aspects of God's personality that I've chosen to look at today are God's presence our adoption into into the family of God that the holy spirit is truth that the holy spirit brings transformation And the Holy Spirit speaks and encourages. But there are so many more aspects that I've not even come close to. He's also called the helper. He's called the source of wisdom. Um, He brings us unequivocal peace, for example. But hopefully this will leave you hungry to find out a little bit more. In the New Testament alone, there are 261 passages about the Holy Spirit. So if you've been thinking, I want to read the Bible a bit more, I want to get to know my scriptures a bit more, this would be a great area to start because you're going to be hitting it every other page. And finally, I want to say that the Holy Spirit is like a Rubik's Cube. Bear with me here. So if you want to know how to do the, um, the Rubik's Cube, if you want to learn, you have to have a go. You just have to have a go. You can't get familiar with a Rubik's Cube unless you try. And I'd say it's the same with the Holy Spirit. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, we have to have a go. And just like the Rubik's Cube, it's a little bit of a mystery at first. So I recently learned how to do the Rubik's Cube. Now, full disclosure, I've learned how to do two thirds of the Rubik's Cube and then I get stuck and Morgan has to save me. But he's very good. But in order to learn how to do the Rubik's Cube, me and my son Morgan, we watched YouTube videos and there's absolutely no way that we would have cracked it if we didn't have a Rubik's Cube in our hands at the time. If we just watched the videos, it would have just been watching someone else do it. But we had to actually do it ourselves. We had to try the twists and... uh, you know, fiddle with it. And you have to learn these things called um, a righty alg, and a lefty alg, and a U-turn prime, and you have to like learn what all these things mean, and then you can do it. And it's, it's a little bit of jargon, it's a little bit confusing, and it's messy, and you look at it, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I'm doing anything. And that's my experience of the Holy Spirit as well. You can watch other people prophesying or speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit. You can watch other people's lives being transformed, but it doesn't necessarily help you to grow in that experience. But when we step out and when we give it a go, suddenly we do something and it just makes sense. It just makes sense, suddenly. We give someone a prophetic word and and it's accurate, it's amazing. Or we pray for someone and they're healed, and it's amazing, and you think, wow. And then, very quickly, it seems a bit of a mystery again.